Hello, everybody in the King's Verse. This is Johnny Johnston IV coming at you from Houston, Texas. And you're listening to The Kings of the Ring. You're listening to The Kings of the Ring Podcast Network. Welcome to The Kings of the Ring fictional wrestling saga inspired by the real-life stories of the 1980s pro wrestling era, written and produced like an ensemble cast cable drama or soap opera. Kings of the Ring is primarily a listener-supported show, and I want to give props to the top guys of Patreon, Jeremiah DeBolt, Stuart Flaherty, American Travis, Sam Hollingsworth, Zach Like, Duncan Clark, Russ Linderman, John Johnston IV, Michael Sluck, Matthew Rogers, Nathan Wilkinson, Justin Taylor, Dom Rose, John Snyder, Yosemite Smith, Randy Larzalier, and Fulutusi Mailo. That's right, the real name of Tama the Samoan Beast, aka Kong the Destroyer. If you are a top guy or top girl for Kings of the Ring, we will use your name for a character in the Kings of the Ring audio drama and the novels. Kings of the Ring is intended for mature audiences. Today's episode would be rated M.A. for profanity, smoking, drug use, racist stereotypical dialogue and phrases done satirically, graphic sexual content, and tense sexual situations. And I uh, just want to remark on something from the last episode concerning Tarzan's scene where he's working for the quote-unquote mafia. As we all know, the Mafia doesn't exist in real life. It's just a Hollywood concoction and a false myth created by the feds. The organized crime families Tarzan works for are complete fictional fabrications not based on anything in real life. It's like uh, space aliens. It's just not real. So as you can see, there's really no reason for any large men from certain parts of New Jersey to be visiting me anymore because... There is no mafia, and I just wanted to make that crystal clear. So, let's get on with the show, shall we? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kings of the Ring. They call me Thor, when I step in the ring. The fans roar, cause I'm the American Viking. Gonna bust a move all over the land. That's a USA, and that's A-OK. Killian Kavanaugh, the Irish Hammer. You want to fight me? It just don't matter. Cause I'm the boss when I step into the ring. My suplex will turn you into a ding a Call me bad, bad, Leroy Brown. Cause I'm the baddest man in the whole dang town. I like to drive in a big Cadillac. You wanna fool me, put you straight in your back. Slam or headlock? No, thank you, man. Give you tomahawk chop. Aloha, lady. I need Hawaiian hunk. I like to eat the coconut. 
I could lift the weights like the swim at the beach But all them African kids, they got nothing to eat Free, free, free the kids of Africa Africa Kings of the Ring, Episode 8 Crazy Nights. I can hardly believe it, Russ Landerman. Diamond Nine and Gold's about to lose a world title to this Apollo Samson Punk. Just like a beat you, Willie Dean, for the Southern title. Come on, man. You know I got feelings. I ain't gotta go hurting them. This muscular rookie has given the Golden Boy everything he can handle. And as Apollo faces the fans and flexes, he can feel victory in his grasp. Oh, Donnie knees him in the gut. Good for you, Golden Boy. Now it's eating. Oh, good lord! He threw him over the top rope! What a heinous act that was! He should be suspended for that! Ooh-wee! Apollo must have dropped at least eight feet above that cold concrete floor. Somebody call an ambulance. <laughs> Match is over now as Apollo springs to his feet and climbs back in. But fool still wants to fight. The referee's stopping him. We'll see what the decision's gonna be. As a result of its qualification, throwing his opponent over the top rope, Here's your winner, Apollo Samson. He did it. He did it. No way. No fair. Apollo grabs a belt from the referee. The fans are going bananas. However, as the rules of the World Wrestling Alliance clearly state, the championship cannot change hands on a disqualification. Therefore, still, World Heavyweight Champion, Diamond Donnie Gold. Donnie may have gotten away with it tonight. But I think Apollo Samson has what it takes to one day be world champion. Jimmy Buck is standing in a green wool sports coat with large brown elbow patches with his arms folded wearing a neck brace behind the podium of SCW All-Star Wrestling next to Jay Delvo. Welcome back, fans. I am now joined by Jimmy Buck and... and uh... Who are you? Beside him is a man in a cheap suit with thinning brown hair greased harshly to one side, his head shining like a giant Hershey's kiss. My name is Duncan Brian Clark from the law firm of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe. Wait, what did you just say? I am the appointed attorney for Hollywood magnate and sex symbol Jimmy Buck. And I've been appointed to speak for my client as my client is refusing to grace your airwaves with his velvety smooth voice. As you can see, Mr. Buck is in horrendous pain due to the injuries inflicted thereof and heretofore in one Greensboro, North Carolina, where my client was a habeas corpus victim of a vicious assault by one Jesse James. Oh, wait a minute. Jimmy begins wincing and acting like he's in pain. This cowardly act, imaginated by Jesse James, was of such magnitude that- What are you talking about, Jimmy? You were attacking a woman after the bell, and Jesse rescued her by tossing you off in the ring. Jimmy can't help but break and smile when he hears Delvo say that Jesse tossed him off, but quickly reverts back to character and acts infuriated by Jay's words and reaches out like he's trying to grab him. It's okay, Mr. Buck. Jimmy backs up and raises his fists, then acts like his neck is hurt, wincing like a living cartoon. You can see why it's such a legendary comedic performer. Please, Mr. Devlo, 
Refrain from your baseless accusations. You are clearly causing distress to my client. Jimmy Buck begins fanning himself with Delvo's papers and starts miming like he's trying not to cry. Oh, come on now. Are, are you serious? You are all being notified that my client has filed multiple lawsuits against Jesse James, Southeast Championship Wrestling, and the World Wrestling Alliance for the reprehensible and irreversible damage rendered to my client heretofore. You might never be able to walk again, Mr. Devlu. Well, he just walked out here now. Jimmy, right on cue, starts to mime like he's losing his balance and grabs the podium. Yes, now he's just having a good day. Are you kidding if me? If I may continue. Jimmy shoots Delvo a dirty scowl. Mr. Buck has suffered severe emotional distress and has experienced multiple Vietnam flashbacks from that horrific night. Jimmy comedically starts acting like he's having a flashback, his eyes wide open, darting around, looking up as if phantom bombs were raining down on him. Come on, that doesn't even make sense. And we will see you, Mr. Devlo, in court. Me? What did I do? Jimmy Buck gives one last angry point to Jay Delvo, and he and his lawyer storm off the set. Oh, there you have it, fans. We'll be right back with the Ebony Express. You believe this guy? Nellie Gotch is at his father Charlie's house for Sunday dinner. They're in the den, looking out the giant bay window of Charlie's log cabin-style home, watching the lake with their after-dinner drinks. Yeah, son, the geese, they're starting to come back. Pop, we need to talk. That tone. This is about your daughter getting sick and ruining dinner? No, Dad. Kids get sick. So lighten up. Jennifer's got it taken care of. What do you want to talk about? Buddy. <laughs> Rather talk about your brat puking up mother's pot roast. There's nothing to discuss. Dad, you shouldn't have fired, buddy. You overreacted. I did no such thing. You did and you know it. We got Dan Sanders. Let Buddy retire and work backstage. Or maybe seeing Dan will give him the itch and he'll want to work again anyway. Yeah, houses are stable now since they put the strap on Sanders. Uh, not a Goliath buddy numbers, but stable. Don't forget we've added new talent, like those Apocalypse boys are brought up from Georgia. Heh, <laughs> Boulder Dash. Rookies don't draw. Takes years to build drawing power. Pop, bring Buddy back to work in the office with the boys. He has 30 years of experience he can pass on. He betrayed me in my time of need. Nellie walks up and stands in his father's face. Instead of thinking about the guy who didn't want to wrestle for you anymore, why don't you think about the guy who almost died for you? Your best friend of 30 years, who was laying in the ring, his heart not beating. Think of how you felt at that moment. And remember, he did that for you. After telling you he wanted to wind his career down, he worked for months with that ogre, getting the crap beat out of him, to help save AMW from Julian Kane, who was crashing down on us hard last year. Charlie is speechless, takes another drink. Hey, God, you're right. What have I done? What was he thinking? Would he even want to talk to me? Only one way to find out. I'm calling him now. Huh. No answer. It's odd. Uh, usually at least Carol would be home. 
at the iconically elegant Russian Tea Room in New York City. Julian Kane is there with his wife, Sarah, and two very special guests in a red cushiony booth. Mrs. Baskin, may I refill your glass? Julian looks across the booth at Hollywood Buddy Melrose and his wife, both in formal wear. Oh, no, I shouldn't. So expensive. Please, Mrs. Baskin, you and your husband are our guests. Did you enjoy the ballet last night? I read it's one of the best-reviewed productions we've had all season. Oh, yeah. We don't have those kinds of things in Minnesota. But I have to excuse myself. I've had too much wine. I need to powder my nose. She looks around, and Julian's wife stands out of her seat. Sarah will show you, Mrs. Baskin. Please, I told you, Julian. Just call me Carol. Sarah Kane leads the two ladies out as Buddy snuffs out his cigarette in his dinner plate. I have to thank you again, Julian. I've had an amazing weekend with the missus. When Thor called me to say you wanted to talk to me, I didn't expect all this. It can be like this all the time if you join the team. And nothing like what happened to you in that ring with Goliath could ever happen here. Now you're treated afterwards by Charlie Gotch? I mean, what kind of a monster is he? Buddy, feeling uncomfortable with his last remarks, I know you hear some things about me, but that's just boogeyman talk. If anyone really knows me, the real me, it's Thor Hansen. So ask him. But safety is always a concern. If you want to wrestle, great. But we don't need you for that. Louis is still the head booker, but anything you want to contribute, he values. No, we all value your opinion on everything. Listen, Julian. The boys do talk. And the boys do know things. And I hear things about you. Julian slowly takes a drink, keeping a smile, waiting for the bomb. But I can only go by my eyes. What I've seen you do in less than two years with Empire State, excuse me, Empire Wrestling, is staggering. I have to think about my family and our life in Minnesota. You don't even need to live out here. We'll fly you out of Minneapolis. Why do I feel like a, a six-foot steak and you're the lion? I make no bones, buddy. I want you. In 1984, we became the number one promotion in all of wrestling. No offense. But in 1985, we were becoming a mainstream sports and entertainment company. You heard our song on the radio yet? Or on MTV? I did. It was very, uh, energetic. We are bona fide mainstream because of that. And that means all 50 states. We're taking the crew back to Atlanta, to the Omni, to stake our claim in the heart of the South, because the Empire Wrestling Federation is the hottest thing in America. We're even gonna have little Star Wars action figures of Empire wrestlers. What am I gonna do with 50 celebrities in my locker room? I can't handle them by myself. And most importantly, Thor. Buddy, you can help make him the best he can be. Because honestly, I can't always reach him. We need you. Huh. Truth be told, Julian, I was already looking at life beyond wrestling. I was actually thinking about a second career in politics. I don't know, maybe run for governor of Minnesota? How could you win an election? You're a heel. 
Wrestling is about manipulating people's perceptions of you. Uh, we turn heel and face all the time. I mean, hey, when you Sarah and Carol get back. Well, ladies, we got a little wine in our veins and the limo's still warm. What say we hit the town? Who wants cocktails at the Four Seasons? Oh, that sounds lovely. Buddy looks at Julian, trying to read him. At LAX Airport in Los Angeles, Nate Wilkinson, now known as Vladimir Rykoff, sits in the terminal for Pan Am Airlines, wearing a bandana to cover his shaved, bald head, until he sees his pal come off from the plane, Ian Streeter, now known as Apollo Samson. Rykoff smiles as he sees Ian step out, signing a napkin for a happy little boy who runs off to show his mother. Remember, kid, just say no to drugs. Apollo turns and sees his longtime friend from Oshkosh. Haha, <laughs> M-E-A-T-M-A-C-G-I-N-E-M-A-C-G-I-N-E-M-A-C-G-I-N-E-M-A-C-G-I-N-E-M-A-C-G-I-N-E-M-A-C-G-I-N-E-M-A-C-G-
as two secretaries inside giggle as they scurry away, too shy to say anything to the dashingly handsome wrestling superstar. He pays them no mind as he looks lost, his muscles bursting out of his skin-tight t-shirt, 501 blue jeans, and cowboy boots. He looks at a small piece of paper again, navigates his way down the hallway. He rounds the corner and sees about a dozen guys lined up outside a door, all trying to look tough while looking at sheets of paper, reading it to themselves out loud. Figuring this must be where he needs to be, he goes to the end of the line, where he sees a tall muscular man at the end with gorgeous bleach blonde hair and buns of perfection. Realizing he's in Hollywood, far away from the wrestling world, he walks right over and starts flirting with him. Is that audition? Figure you must be here for that. You look like you take good care of your body. No, I'm actually a professional wrestler. Uh, holy shit, you're Michael Angel. Nate, look, it's Michael Angel. Michael pulls back until he can read the situation. Nate Wilkinson turns and his eyes turn into saucers as he extends his hand and gives Michael the soft handshake. Michael Angel, so glad to meet you. Uh, my name is Nate, but I just started wrestling as one of the Rykoff brothers in Southeast Championship Wrestling. Michael immediately straightens himself up and gets back into wrestler mode. Ian here just started. Ian flashes a big smile, brighter than ever from the tanning he started getting from Chris Stanley's suggestion. Michael can't take his eyes off him, but tries to keep under control. I'm Ian, and I wrestle for, uh, your father, Burt Ironside, at All South. Really? Like Nate said, uh, we're very new, but I'm wrestling as Apollo Samson. Apollo Samson? You won't believe it, Michael. I, I just wrestled Diamond Donnie Gold at Sam Houston Coliseum. Someone told me the last time Donnie wrestled in All South was against you. It's such an honor. Michael, rapidly falling out of love. You just wrestled Donnie Gold in the main event? <laughs> You're a little green, ain't you? Michael is starting to sweat as Apollo Samson has just changed from an object of desire to an object of contempt as he hears how he's been replaced. I still am, uh, believe me. But your father has been so generous and caring to me. I mean, he makes me feel like a son. It's been just wonderful, your, your entire family, how accepting they've been. I even sort of team with Gabriel. It's like a great education. Hey, yo, Mikey. Yes, sir, uh, I'm here. Michael in a room surrounded by a dozen people sitting in chairs facing him with a bright light on his face and multiple cameras throughout and a video camera on a tripod and Hollywood megastar Sylvester Stallone right in front of him. You know, uh, the last guy, Rykoff, uh, he's a freaking monster. I can't stand next to him. Look like a fucking midget out here. But you, you're nice and lean. You look good on camera. That's what I'm looking for. Let's go again. You're staring down Rocky before the fight, and then say the line. <sighs> I must break you. I'm sorry, I don't think I can talk Russian. Don't worry about the voice. We can overdub a voice actor. Michael can't stop thinking about this Apollo Samson and what he's doing at All South and those blue eyes. Come on, Mikey. We, we don't got all day. And Nigel Davies, he vouched for you. He said you'd be perfect for this part. So let's go. Now say that line. Michael looks back at Sly, staring back at him with anger, and immediately thinks of his father and his life back home. I must break you. Michael pictures Apollo Samson in the locker room, being hugged by his father, Bert Ironside, and by brother Gabriel, 
who he hasn't heard from in months. Now he knows why. I must break you. And his eyes water up. Again. I must break you. You okay, man? Uh, I mean, uh, I'm impressed with your emotional range here with the tears, but uh, it ain't that kind of character. I must break you. I must break you. I must well, break okay. you. Okay, I think you might go. We'll let you know. Hey, Mario, let's just hope that skinny Swedish guy behind him is something. But we're fucked. Kings of the Ring will be back after these messages. Try it. Feel the difference between Denerex and regular head and shoulders. Denerex tingles. Tells me it's doing more. Both have dandruff medicine, but Denerex adds an extra anti-itch medicine and conditioner, too. Goodbye, head and shoulders. Hello, Denerex. Starburst fruit juice. A burst of refreshing fruit flavor for you. Tastes like mouth-watering orange, scrumptious strawberry, too. Luscious lemon, tangy cherry, sunshine flavors all strawberry, too. We now return to Kings of the Ring. In Miami, Florida, Southeast Championship Wrestling has taken over the Cabana Club in celebration of another sellout, the Knight Convention Center. Turn that shit off. Brutal Bob Walker grumbles. This song is the shits. Prince Abdullah adds. Hey, why did they let Marauder say that? He didn't sound like he was tough-talking a wrestler. He sounded like he was talking to a victim tied up in the back of a van. Bobby Rivers chimes in. I'd never do shit like that. Fucking embarrassment. Clyde Simmons shakes his hair, getting jerry-curled juice all over. Yeah, well, we all sitting here talking about it. It's all over TV and radio. Isn't that all that counts? Everyone groans and walks oh, away. Come on, nobody asked me, Yeah, Clyde. go drink your beer. I don't care. Be mad. See if I care. I'm just glad that Vladimir Rakoff gone for the day. That stiff motherfucker's killing us out there. Jesse James pulls the Marlboro out of his mouth and turns to Daniel Hawkins. Besides, we've got our own publicity machine, and that's Jimmy Book. And once we get rolling, all of America will tune in to see me wrestle Jimmy in the ring for Southeast Championship Wrestling. So much for kayfaving him like it was a shoot. Jimmy's constantly hanging out with the boys now. Davy Boy Givens, Diamond Donnie Gold, and some of the other wrestlers are gathered around Jimmy at the bar, being put into hysterics with his jokes. Oh, why didn't you tell me I wouldn't have brought a frog? Everyone's rolling around in tears, laughing hysterically. You've been a wonderful audience. Be sure to tip your waitresses and bartender, and don't bring a frog. Diamond Donnie Gold hands Jimmy Buck a kamikaze shot. Jimmy Buck, the funniest comedian in all of Hollywood. Oh, yeah. And Diamond Donnie Gold, the best wrestler I have ever seen. No offense, fellas. Jack Porter and Catherine Walker, better known as Beautiful Berry Lovelace and Miss Kitty, are at a table while he pouts. Kitty puts down her bottle of Budweiser. Something stuck in your crawl? Nope. Come on, Jack. You look mad enough to drown puppies. I ain't mad. Fine, then. She starts to walk away and lights a cigarette. Why'd you have to kiss him back so hard? Oh, that's what this is about. Yes, it is, Kitty. You jump on up the apron, that young, handsome, baby-faced Bo Riggs kissed you in front of all the fans. It was supposed to be real quick, like a, like a peck. 
You made that kiss last forever. Oh, come on now, Jack. It was Jesse's idea and it got over. You hear that, Pop? I seen how you look at Bo. It's an angle. It don't mean nothing. He gets up to leave and she grabs his hand and pulls him towards her. What's with you lately? I don't know. Ever since Dinah Gold got back, you've been acting all weird. Enough, Jack. You're my husband and I love you. I'm yours and only yours. She kisses her husband and opens her eyes for a second and she can't help but notice Donnie at the bar hitting on a couple girls with Jimmy Buck. Jimmy Buck, who is noticeably wobbly, leans into the girls, blasting them with his fire breath weapon of pure bourbon, his arm around the WWA world champion. Come on, ladies, a couple broads like you, a nice Italian boy, a nice Jewish boy. Donnie makes a neck slash motion. Jimmy, Keefe. Uh, oh, right. I meant uh, uh, a nice Italian boy like me and a uh, Gentile Donnie Gold who's definitely not Jewish at all. And that platinum blonde hair on his head? 100% natural, too. But what do you say, little babies, huh? Let's see how many laws we can break in one night, shall we? The limousine rolls through downtown Miami, the bright lights of the city shining through the windows as the party from the bar continues inside. Hmm, this is the life. One of the girl's curly blonde head bops up and down as she's on her knees in Donnie Gold's lap, giving him a blowjob. I'm with two pretty ladies in a limo with a movie star. Across from them, Jimmy Buck is pounding more and more liquor, glaring at the two of them, while the girl next to him drinks champagne, shyly looking out the window. You, you and me, Diamond Donnie. The world does not stand a chance. You ever wanted to make it into the pictures? Could that be a dream come true, Jimmy? To one day be an actor, a leading man? <laughs> well, you got the jawline for it, Donny boy, and I can see you got the uh, best shape for it too. I'll make some calls. I can put you in with Morty. That's where I know you from. Say, aren't you that comedian from T for Two? The other girl stops, and they both look at him. The one and only is Jimmy Buck. We saw that movie. It was horrible. <laughs> Jimmy tries to no-sell it, but still talks quieter as he tries to keep a brave face. Oh, come on, ladies. You're hurting a guy's feelings here. Jimmy drunkenly switches subjects to cover his embarrassment. Hey, you know what? Let's get some more blow. I know a guy on 42nd Street. Hey, cabbie, turn here after two blocks. We're in New York City, brother. We're in Miami. All right, I know that, Donnie. I'm just fucking around. Jimmy hides in his glass, looking up to make sure Donnie believed him and moved on. In the hotel room, Donnie Gold is in bed with one of the girls having sex. While Jimmy Buck is on the sofa, his girl almost passed out. Empty champagne glass between her legs. Jimmy Buck stares at Donnie in bed, thrusting up and down, up and down. He takes a big slug straight from the bottle and slowly stands up clutching the neck of the bottle tight in his fist. He steps closer to the bed and stops and turns towards his girl, her head falling off her hand, trying to stay awake. He glares at her in a demented, sinister way. His eyes are big, completely transformed. He pokes at her knee with a bottle to wake her. You know who you look like, sweetheart? You like this, baby? Rebecca Fasano. 
I had the biggest crush on that girl back in PS227, but she broke my heart. I was waiting for months for the last day of school. I was gonna ask you for your phone number. I was giving you a call during the summer, maybe take you out for an egg cream. Then I saw you with Lenny Carbone behind the bleachers. You let Lenny Carbone touch your booby? Remember that? How's about, how's about I touch your booby now? Would that be all right, honey? She struggles to keep her heavy eyes open then forces herself awake as a look of fear waves over her looking at Jimmy, who looks completely maniacal. Why won't you let me text you, Booby? Huh, Rebecca? Well, why not? Look at that. Oh, look at this. Lenny's got to have his fist up a coochie. He's sitting there like a bump in a log. Just let me touch it. Donnie's concentration is broken and looks over. The girl on the couch backs away from Jimmy, looking scared, like he's going to smash the bottle on her face as he grips it tighter and tighter. Jimmy, take it easy. You're scaring the girls. When suddenly, Jimmy throws the bottle against the wall and drops his pants and his underwear and starts dancing around the room like a madman. Look at me, I got one of those too. Donnie and his girl are both frozen watching Jimmy. <laughs> Later on, both girls are asleep in the bed while a groggy Donnie Gold, completely naked, except for his wrestling robe, smoking a cigarette, sits on the couch while Jimmy Buck is wide awake at the table, completely unhinged. Donnie Gold, I like you. Do you know that? I like you, and I like you, but <laughs> they can only push a man so far. You're just a couple of rich. You do know you, brother. Cool man, don't sweat it. Look, every man has limits. You do know what I mean, Donnie? I have limits. They play with you, then then they toy with you for years. Jimmy is angry and psychotic, talking to the air. You think this is easy? I've been slogging my ass for 20 years, and this is the thanks I get? Who was the one hauling you up the stairs in that wheelchair, huh? I was just I was just a boy, damn it. Jimmy. What are you talking about? <laughs> Jimmy Buck it's stares like, at the window and tears off his shirt. I ripped my heart out and I put it on the floor for you. Just give me another chance. That's all I'm asking. <sighs> another chance. Another chance just to be funny. Who are you talking to? He turns and looks at Donnie, his body in silhouette, the moonlight reflecting off his face like a lunatic. His large white eyes bugged out and deranged. Who else, Donnie? Lady Hollywood. <laughs> At the Spartan Sports Center in Tampa, Donnie Gold, completely freaked out by Jimmy's meltdown last night, marches straight to Daniel Hawkins. Donnie! You look awful. You gotta stop partying with this no sleep. It's no good for you. Daniel, I was up all night, afraid for my life. What? It's Jimmy Buck. Uh, I don't know what his malfunction is, but he went completely psycho last night. You gotta do something about him before he hurts somebody or himself. He's a little eccentric, probably more with a few drinks, but he's fine. You don't need Hollywood types. Guess he has him under control. Daniel, you gotta listen to me. 
I was with him last night. He's totally bonkers. I had to sneak out of the hotel with the rats we were with this morning. I couldn't sleep a wink. I thought he was going to stab me in my sleep or something. What? Yeah. Donnie feels a slap on his back as Jimmy Buck walks in, looking fresh as a daisy, 100% normal. Hey, fun time last night, eh, Donnie? You know what? Make sure you get the numbers of those broads, huh? A couple of good times. Sally's, I tell you. We'll, we'll have to do it again sometime. You see Jesse around? Donnie just points as his jaws on the floor. Hawkins shakes his head as Jimmy strolls down the hallway. Get ready for your match already. Stop drinking so much, Donnie. You're going crazy. Two more episodes to go, folks, and this season is a wrap. That's right, the 10-episode schedule is on and rolling, and only two more to go, with the season finale being Wrestle America. Remember, new patrons get access to the extended editions with all deleted scenes from the entire season. This week's deleted scenes were Jesse James explaining the origin of the Jimmy Buck lawyer angle to the Ebony Express, and Leroy Brown visiting the doctor to find out how bad his leg is. If you are listening to the Patreon Extended Edition, I hope you enjoyed those scenes. If you did not hear them, then you are listening to the standard wide release of Kings of the Ring, and I invite you to visit patreon.com slash kingsotr to get full access for only a few bucks. Speaking of which, I want to give a quick shout out to some of our new patrons, Stuart Flaherty and Toasty Raven. Uh, This is primarily a listener-supported show, so thanks so much, everybody. Coming up, the final two episodes of the season, as Julian Kane has another important meeting, more Kenny West, Jesse James decides the main event for Wrestle America, Crusher Crotchet goes to court, and Leroy Brown and Hollywood buddy Melrose each have important decisions to make. 